Hello, Panthers, and welcome to Degrassi School's In. I'm Evie. And I'm Jocelyn, the host of the Degrassi Good Podcast. Rumor has it today we are going to be talking about Degrassi, Degrassi. Junior <laughs> I heard that rumor, too, and it made me very excited. Yeah. Season one, episode six. We are getting into it officially. I feel like episode six, we're like, isn't it 11 episode 10, 11, 12, 13? <laughs> 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 I'm just throwing numbers at the wall now. I don't know how many. We're like halfway through, I think. I think it's 13 episodes. Yeah, 13 episodes. You're pretty much at the halfway mark. And I have to tell you, this is the episode of this season that I was most excited about because I have so much Degrassi lore to bring with you today. And you and I went on an adventure where we found Degrassi lore for ourselves. I know. I was just going to say, I'm so excited to talk about this episode, not only because of the contents of this episode. It is very... I feel like every episode we've been talking about like queer stuff. So it's really exciting to get to that content of the series. We're here. But also there is so much behind the scenes stuff to talk about this episode. And I am so excited to get into it. We went into the Degrassi archives mm-hmm. and got some crazy information. And when we were gathering that information, I didn't really know anything about what we were collecting. So it didn't like it was cool to know that we were like gathering it, obviously, but it didn't click with me but now looking over it it's like Jocelyn and I looked over what we're going to talk about today before we started recording and my mind was like blown there's so much to talk about and I'm oh my so god excited. this was almost a completely different show and we get to talk about that first why don't we uh tell everybody what episode that we're talking about today break down the description so we are talking about season one episode six rumor has it this episode aired on february 22nd 1987 and it was written by yan moore and directed by kit hood all right so let me go ahead and read the episode description many of miss avery's students think that she is a lesbian caitlin insists that her teacher isn't gay after dreaming that her classmates think that she is also gay caitlin begins to feel self-conscious at school lesbian 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 this was iconic this was iconic. That's one of my favorite moments. And if anyone here is on the Degrassi Kid Discord, you know that every time I join a voice call, it automatically plays lesbian, lesbian, lesbian from this episode. So then everybody can prepare for the incoming lesbian. I will say it did like take me out of the episode for half a second when I heard that little <laughs> voice clip of lesbian, lesbian, lesbian. Because I, I have heard that voice clip probably hundreds of times at this point from you joining calls and everything. Like I've heard it. And we sometimes we like we like to spam it when you're in there. Sometimes to the little soundboard, just lesbian, lesbian, lesbian. So yeah, it was nice to get to that point and finally see the iconic moment. I have to say, I think if that moment happened in the next generation, it would be way more viral. Like it would be something that's clipped way more or referenced way more. But I think the fact that it happens in such an early part of the show, it just gets like lost to the history of the show. I'm surprised that that isn't more of like an iconic viral moment. A bunch of Degrassi kids screaming lesbian at someone. That's iconic. Well, they also screamed gay, gay, gay. gay." There's so much comedy there. One thing that I think that would be fun to do about this episode is why don't we talk a lot about the behind the scenes lore that we have. And then we can break down some of our favorite quotes, favorite moments, ask some questions from the fans. Uh, What's one of your pieces of trivia that you have for us today? One of the pieces of trivia that because I've talked about before how on the Internet, there's not really that much to find so one of the only pieces of trivia that i found was that this episode was banned by the bbc in the uk and that was for dealing with themes of homosexuality this wasn't the only episode that was banned i know that later on the it's late episodes with spike are a part of this and eventually bbc stopped 
from my yes. understanding, BBC like completely stopped airing Degrassi. Do you have some more insight yes. into that whole like debacle? Let me give you the tea, baby. Let's get, let's get the so, tea. Yeah, you're totally right. The UK had issues with a lot of the storylines that Degrassi was presenting. This one was one of the very first. I mean, it's an early episode. We're only on episode six here, uh, where they weren't happy with the themes of homosexuality in it. And then later, it's late again with Spike. The pregnancy episode really grinded things to a halt. And then soon, like uh, the part of their second season, their third season didn't even air in the UK originally because they had so many problems. And I actually found an article um, from around this time that this was airing it's called pregnancy offends british taste and this is what it has to say amanda stepto may just be the world's most famous pregnant teenager at least on television the toronto actress who plays the expecting grade eight student spike on cbc's hot degrassi junior high goes to england next month to promote the show in the wake of a bbc decision to not air four episodes about her character's pregnancy apparently british kids aren't as perturbed about the storylines as their elders the show is the highest rated program in britain pulling in 6 million viewers. It also airs in West Germany, Netherlands, Sweden, Greece, Portugal, Australia, and the U.S., where viewers don't even mind the occasional A in the script and has just been picked up by China. So Spike specifically went to Britain to promote the show um, in protest of them pulling it off the air and celebrating the uh, box sets that the kids could now get their hands on and watch these secret episodes. Kind of similar to the accidents will happen kind of thing about how people wanted to see it more because they couldn't watch it on TV. Yeah, I, I never understand because banning episodes almost always just makes people want to watch it more. It's not like people are like, oh, that was a, a topic. OK, I guess I'm just not going to watch it. Like, no, people are uh, going to go and seek it out, especially teenagers. If like your audience is teenagers, they're going to seek out what you don't what parents or whoever else doesn't want them to see. Yeah, if you told me there was a secret gay episode of Degrassi, I would sell my soul for that episode. Also, it's so funny because this episode is, I understand that times were different, but this episode is so not, like, controversial. It's hardly even a gay episode. I, I think, too, my experience with Degrassi. So when I was first introduced to Degrassi, my classic story, I watched it in health class. And because I watched it in health class, I did not like it because my this 30-year-old man stood up and said, we're going to watch an episode about your changing bodies, which was the last episode you guys just watched. And that in that framing, I did not care about Degrassi at all. But if they had said, there's this secret episode you can't watch, which is all about puberty and they talk about boobs, I'd be like, oh, I have to see that episode. So I honestly think that if they had a embrace these kind of episodes and promoted it more especially in the classrooms like they were doing at the time people probably would not have cared at all about these scandalous episodes that Degrassi was producing yeah and I think that's interesting because I think they kind of leaned into that in the marketing later on like with the whole it goes there yeah like oh we're really pushing like they did they were pushing boundaries but I do think it's interesting how they kind of started marketing like oh Degrassi's the show that goes to the places that other other places don't or other shows don't go like yeah that's very interesting how the times changed because yeah again I really did not find this episode controversial at at all and I'd be so curious to hear like from somebody who because I know we have a couple of people who watched it in real time or around real time so I'd be really curious if when they viewed this episode if it was like con if it felt controversial yeah, that would be really interesting. That's one of the things I always wish is I wish I could watch it in its original context. Because even like the AIDS episode, for example, I didn't grow up with it as a huge fear in my life. And when I watched the show, I definitely know that it's impactful, but I think it would have played a lot bigger role in my life if, it, if this yeah. was happening at the time. So yeah, it would be really interesting, interesting to see. The other point that I wanted to make 
about Spike visiting Britain is that if you listen to the Degrassi Get podcast, I interviewed Catherine Ellis, and she let us know that Amanda Steptoe actually specifically said, if you guys ever do a tour in the UK, can I please come? And then here's the situation where it's like, well, actually, you're getting banned over there. So let's go. Let's go talk about it in the UK. Yeah, I absolutely love that. Did you want to get into some more behind the scenes stuff? What's crazy is that this isn't even it. There's still so much more history to this episode. One of the things is if you've read The Mother of El Degrassi or you're familiar with Degrassi's origin story, you know that the reason the show Degrassi even exists is because of a man named Bruce Mackey. I'll go through very quickly who he is. Long story short, Linda Schuyler is a school teacher. He was a librarian at her school and he would order in books for her about filmmaking. One book came in called Ida Makes a Movie. She decided that's the story that she wanted to film. And he said, sure, you can use my house on Degrassi Street. The very first episode was filmed there. And then now we have this whole history of the kids of Degrassi Street, Degrassi Junior High, all because of that connection. And if you're familiar with Bruce Mackey, you know that he was actually Linda Schuyler's best friend. But the problem with Bruce is he was a public educator by day and he was a secret gay man at night, which was a problem for him to deal with. So he struggled a lot and Linda got a first view into what it was like to be a part of the queer scene in the 1970s and the 1980s, which had a lot of violence in it. It was it was very fearful. We had AIDS going on at the time. So Linda Schuyler was very educated about gay issues in Toronto in the 70s, and she wanted to be able to tell that story on her show, but she was telling a show about teenagers. And at the time, you could not have a gay kid on TV that, or even gay kids experimenting on TV. No way. So Linda instead kind of played around with one of her rules where things always have to happen to the main character. In this sense, it's it's kind of happening to Miss Avery just through the lens of Caitlin. And this was kind of like her first letter to Bruce to say like, hey, we're going to talk about queer issues on TV. And uh, we got the issue of Miss Avery. Now, the one question that I ask myself when I watch this episode is... I'm wondering why they chose a female teacher. And did they specifically have any thoughts about not having a male teacher like Mr. Radich or one of the other teachers at the school not be chosen for any particular reason? What are your thoughts about that? I definitely think that that's an interesting thing. And we talked about that a little bit before recording how like what possible reasons there could have been behind choosing a female teacher rather than a male teacher. Mm -hmm. Mr. Radich is the only established male teacher at this point, correct? Yeah. They're pretty much the two established teachers that we have and Doris Bell in the in the secretary's office. Yeah. So I could see maybe that's just not the route or the implication that they wanted to make for Mr. Radich, perhaps mm -hmm. like because not we'll get into this more later. But to me, like Miss Avery very much seemed gay and then they kind of switched it at the end and kind of implied that she wasn't mm -hmm. versus like I don't know if that was like a network decision or whatever else. But like I could see maybe that's not the implication that they wanted to make was that Radich was gay but I also think there's a very interesting kind of question of how like gay men are viewed and portrayed in like gay relationships and all of that mm -hmm. there is definitely a history of gay men being viewed as gay men and gay love and all of that between two men being viewed as more like predatory or sexual versus lesbian relationships relationships with women tend to be desexualized and more romanticized so I do think that's an aspect of it perhaps I do think so too I think when it comes to like young like love with girls in any kind of capacity it's it's mostly just this like fantasy of of like innocence and daydreams and that kind of thing whereas like you said I think male-on-male -male relationships are typically portrayed as predatory and I think 
we really see that throughout the history of the next generation because there's a lot of student teacher relationships on Degrassi yes. and a lot of them are mostly male female and I think a lot of them do not end in the idea that uh, student teacher relationships are wrong I I, I think I don't I don't feel like there's many times on Degrassi where we really leave conversations thinking that the relationship is wrong. It kind of just seems like maybe people are judging them for it or like um, people aren't allowing them to be in a relationship. Yes. But the one time I think we get a very clear example that student teacher relationships are wrong are with Tristan and Mr. Yates. And that that relationship, I would say, is the most sexual of all the student teacher relationships and the most portrayed as clearly predatory. I would agree. Yeah, because even if we compare like Mr. Oleander, Miss O, and then Mr. Yates, Mr. Oleander, it's questionable. It's more, he's more portrayed as like a loser. He's a deadbeat. That's the lesson. A deadbeat <laughs> is that the the lesson is more like don't idolize like this slightly older guy versus yeah. Mr. Yates, first of all, like preys on Tristan. And then it's revealed later that he tried to grope Winston. Like he's very clearly like a predator. Miss O is not really portrayed as like a predator. She's just, it's, there's a very stark difference to me in how these relationships are portrayed and it's very weird it's very interesting that the one that is really portrayed is like this is wrong this person's a predator is the male on male relationship i totally agree and even in the more innocent relationships i do think they focus on older male relationships because the very next time we get a relationship which i know you know this, this isn't a spoiler that Gla uh, uh snake's older brother is gay in the series but again we're not dealing with a high school student the next time we deal with a gay character it's ashley's dad who isn't a grown adult and even when we do finally get our first gay character they're dating an older man so there's the focus whenever degrassi is telling stories about gay relationships does seem to be either way from this older lens which i find interesting they do have like charlie and fiona have an age gap in their queer relationship but primarily that's not the the typical story that they're they're telling through lesbians is these older younger relationships yeah, but, yeah with the lesbians it's like Paige and alex are the same age or roughly the same i believe i believe they're actually in the same grade zoe and rasha are yeah. maybe a grade apart like there's not that age dynamic in the same way that there is for a lot of the gay male relationships so yeah, i think female and female relationships appear more innocent and then male on male relationships appear more sexual at least in terms of the media in the me yeah very good my perspective <laughs> yeah. the media yeah. I, was, um, I was gonna say if you didn't say that let's clarify in the media representation uh i love gay people for the record <laughs> but it's yeah it's an interesting point of like why didn't why wasn't this a male student crushing on a male teacher? And exactly. I think that could definitely be an aspect, especially back in the 1980s. A hundred percent. It was viewed as too sexual. And yeah. I guess to have like a male student having a sexual dream about a male teacher, or not even that the teacher, not even that the dream was sexual, because the dream mm. with Caitlin wasn't really sexual, but I could see there's more implications. More undertones. Yeah, the more, un more like quote unquote sexual undertones with a male student having a dream about a male teacher because yeah. literally in the dream that Caitlin has she's like sitting in the classroom 99% of the time and then Miss Avery like touches like puts her hand on her for like two seconds like it's not yeah. erotic it's definitely I think it when we look at 
sexuality in the media amongst teenagers. I mean, this whole series started off with Stephanie being a sex symbol in grade eight. She's wearing these low cut shirts. Boys are fawning over her. But the minute you have the same sex relationship, you the dynamics change completely about what you're allowed to show on TV. And I think that's even as reflective all the way into Next Class, because it is not until uh, Degrassi Next Class that we really get a frank conversation between two men about having sex. Like even Marco and Dylan's uh, relationship was not very touchy feely. They didn't talk about sex a whole lot. And it wasn't until we got that moment with Miles and Tristan talking about, hey, like, should we use condoms? And are you feeling okay? And and one of them even says, well, this is really embarrassing to talk about. And the other one says, and that's why we need to. So it's really interesting that it takes until pretty much Miles and Tristan to have a frank conversation about sex between two men. Uh, and back now, even just a little touch of the shoulder is like, whoa, you want to show that to kids? No way. That's, yeah, that's banned. <laughs> like, it's very, it's cool to see how far media and Degrassi came in terms of queer storytelling. 100%. It's interesting to think about. Now, one thing that's also crazy is that this storyline was never supposed to happen with Caitlin at all. Do you want to hear a little lore about the behind the scenes of this episode? We've got a whole a whole lot of lore, a couple pages of lore, whole alternate episode. So here's the deal. We talked a little bit about it in the in the beginning, but Evie and I went down to the Toronto archives to visit uh, basically the entire history of the kids of Degrassi Street all the way to Degrassi High. They have planning documents. They have behind the scenes photos. We have memos. We watched some drama unfold in these letters that kept getting <laughs> shared around. It was it was quite hilarious. Literally had to decode some like drama <laughs> and some personal notes. It was crazy. It was amazing. And one of the things that I knew that I specifically wanted us to find is these documents about these episodes that Evie and I are going through because this is this is what we're here to talk about so we found the original planning document for this episode called rumor has it so for context this episode came out in february of 1987 this planning document is from april 1986 so this is when they were first just planning out the first season and what i think would be really fun for us is we're going to go through this beat by beat and then kind of talk about it in comparison to what actually happened or why we think they may have made some decisions to change some of this what do you think about that Absolutely. I'm really excited to go through this because, yeah, this is like a completely different, like alternate universe version of this episode. Oh, yeah. This is a whole different <laughs> show. It's crazy. I'm excited. Okay. So on the very top, it says unifying theme, sexuality. The issues addressed are homosexuality, homophobia, sexual roles, and gossip. So here's the plot as was supposed to originally happen in this episode. A sleepover at Mandy's house. Cake, cookies, pop, games, reading fortunes, talking about boys, laughing and giggling. Annie and Stephanie and everyone are having a great time. So, uh, Evie, will you give us a little bit of insight into who the heck is Annie? Annie is, well, she's in this episode. She was mm -hmm. the little, she was kind of like Kathleen's sidekick in this episode. She was also in the first episode as the little, like, feminist icon, as I called her. She's she was opposing Stephanie K's whole situation. Mm -hmm. But then in this episode, I will say she's seems like she's had a little bit of a character change. Yeah. She's boy crazy, which doesn't fit. Doesn't vibe with the first episode. So, yeah, this is very interesting. Annie, first of all, I love that her name was Annie. Annie um, Clark. Annie Clark is what I thought of. Actually, when I first read these, 
the first time I ever went to the thing, I texted Annie. And I was like, did you know that there was a lesbian named Annie on Degrassi? <laughs> uh, or was supposed to be, I should say. But so if you're looking for her, she's the one. She's always wearing a beret. She was a red beret yeah. in the first episode. I think she's wearing a blue in this one. Um, and of course, we know Stephanie K. But Annie was actually littered throughout this. Like, she, it was very clear that if there were main characters, it was Annie. I was going to say Annie Clark. It's Annie and <laughs> Stephanie K were the two leading ladies of the series. And then she just, you know, becomes this minor character that we never see again. But this episode is almost entirely from Annie's perspective, which is crazy. So at, this is the next part in the outline. After Mandy's mom has been down twice to tell them all to be quiet and go to sleep, they decide to make joke phone calls to the teachers. Is your refrigerator running? Then you better catch it before it runs away. Ha ha ha. First, they call Mr. Radich. His wife answers. Then they call Miss Rodriguez. She herself answers. All the girls are laughing. I have to say, I do think Degrassi it does uh, one of the best portrayals at sleepovers because even in this, I like, I get it. Like, I feel yeah. the vibe. I know what they're going for. I, I will say, I don't, I don't pick up on who Mandy is supposed to be. That could be Kathleen. Mandy doesn't have a lot of def definition to her character in this outline, um, and I don't see her mentioned much anywhere else. But she could just be Kathleen. She could just be a throwaway character. We're not really sure. It is interesting. It seems like Kathleen and Caitlin. And Susie are not at this party, or at least it says and others, but I don't know if they're ever, any of those three are ever mentioned by name. So it's like a completely different, totally different party, basically. Yeah. And, and well, Stephanie and Annie would have been in the grade above in this outline. So. Oh. And so you don't mix. You don't hang out with grade sevens. Oh, no. Okay. Mm -hmm. So they aged them down a little bit, I guess. They, it seems like they aged them down by a year. What grade is Annie in? Well, in this, she's in grade eight. In the show, she's friends with Kathleen, so she's in grade seven. Okay. But when they call Miss Avery, another woman answers, which sets them talking about Miss Avery. Mandy has just heard rumors that Miss Avery is a lesbian. And it's more than just rumors. Fact. Miss Avery is not married. Fact. Someone saw Miss Avery with another woman, probably the same one, downtown together. Isn't it obvious? Can I jump in with one more fun fact? Always. The woman that we see Miss Avery with is Sari Friedland, who was the production manager of Degrassi. Isn't that cool? That is cool. She was all over those planning documents, too. Oh, my God. She did absolutely everything. And if, you're, uh, if you've read The Mother of All Degrassi, then you're very familiar with who Sari Friedland is. But I thought that was so cool. She appears in the episode. Annie comes to Miss Avery's defense. So what if she isn't married? So what if she has women friends? Her mom has women friends. That doesn't mean she's gay. Stephanie agrees with her, announces that anyway, there's nothing wrong with being gay. I believe that if there was a scene where Stephanie K said, what's wrong with being a homosexual anyway, she would be a gay icon. She would be the gay icon of the Degrassi Junior High series. Are you kidding me? I do think that would have been, she would have been a gay icon fully. What's wrong with being gay anyway? If that came out of Stephanie K's mouth, that would change the genre. Has there ever been a drag queen who has done like a Stephanie K? Like <gasps> on it. We're on it. That would be got so this. beautiful. <laughs> I would love that. Oh my God, that'd be amazing. <laughs> Mandy and the others aren't persuaded. They resolve to find out the truth, to keep an eagle eye on Miss Avery, watching for any suspicious behavior. All of this disturbs Annie. She really likes Miss Avery. She especially likes writing essays for Miss Avery's social sciences class. Here's an adult who's willing to take time to talk to her about world events, who takes these things seriously, who understands. Here's an adult she can talk to. That's very nice. Annie doesn't feel any better about it when, on Monday morning, she sees Miss Avery being dropped off at work by a car driven by another woman. Sorry, Friedland. Mandy sees it, too. This is the fun part. So then we get the B-plot of this episode. Are you ready for this? Yes. Yeah, so random. 
Meanwhile, skateboards are the latest fashion in school. <laughs> Annie dismisses <laughs> skateboards as childish, but Arthur's developing a new style, a new type of skateboard, multi-person, more fun. Yick, meanwhile, is convinced skateboards are already passe, and he involves Arthur in a scheme to market what he sees as the next big fad, Super Balls. That's the B-plot of this. Are, can I ask, are Super Balls like those bouncy balls? I think they must be. Like Given- a, like a, you know what I'm talking, like a, the v- listeners can't see how big of a ball I'm showing. Like a, <laughs> About six like inches a- of diameter. <laughs> diameter. <laughs> diameter. <laughs> I'm going to have to assume yes. Yeah, I don't know what a Super Bowl is, and that feels very, like, dated. Yeah. I I wonder if it's also, like, this B-plot is paired with it for, like, an innocence factor, because it's so starkly different to what's going on in the May plot. That's the Super Bowl. She showed me a Super Bowl. Yeah, like, the ones in the... Have you ever seen in, like, an Old Navy how they have, like, the big um gumball machine that has the super balls in it apparently that's what oh interesting do they have those in canada they must i just don't go to old navy (laughs) i don't think it's just old navy that's just (laughs) (laughs) this episode is sponsored by old navy i've never been there (laughs) okay um yeah it's interesting that they paired this as the original like uh b plot to this episode i'm wondering why that was the decision it feels very random, especially when the theme of the episode is sexuality. Yeah. Like, Super balls. Like, I love it. It reminds me of Simpson when he uh, gets balls for the class. Oh, yeah. Balls. 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 Um, no, because I do think they, in the later, in the episode that actually aired, they tied together the theme of like rumors better mm. in the Arthur and Yick plot and then the main plot way better way way better i totally agree. just feel like two separate episodes i under i do see the like innocence factor but yeah that would have worked for me and for the record in the episode the way that they do that is by having yick and arthur stalk after rick who they think has stolen something from yeah. them um I because he's really interesting this, yeah he has this like bad boy reputation then all of a sudden he wins the lottery gets a hundred bucks and they think uh maybe he stole something can canadian children play in the lottery um okay so these days if you're in quebec you have to be 18 if you're anywhere else you have to be 19 i'm not sure about the 80s but i can't imagine you could have what i imagine is me well i I partially was like maybe his like brother bought him a ticket oh yeah because he's living with his brother now supposedly that's my head Uh, because i was like his dad wouldn't have bought him a ticket but i forgot oh my god his dad would not have given him that money 100 percent. but his brother probably would have I was wondering that because I was like, how did you play the lottery? But he's a bad boy, so he doesn't follow the rules. Bad boys play the lottery. <laughs> bad boys illegally play the lottery. <laughs> I like that. All right, what's next? Here's the the rest of the outline. Annie continues to ignore the speculation about Miss Avery. She talks to Miss Avery about her writing as before. But a little later, Annie is horrified to learn that people are saying that she's a lesbian too. The way she's always hanging around Miss Avery after school, the way she defends Miss Avery, Annie is confused. Is she a lesbian? She does like Miss Avery. She's had strange, sort of disturbing dreams about her and about some of the other girls, too. Does that mean she's gay? <gasps> I love this. But she doesn't want to be a lesbian. She hates the sort of things they say about Miss Avery behind her back. She hates the thought of people saying those sorts of things behind her back. The only person Annie dares to talk to about her fears is Stephanie. Stephanie did say there was nothing wrong with being gay. I want this episode. I want, I want this it so bad. episode. 
Stephanie K and Annie, I ship them. I'm already in love with them. <laughs> like hashtag Sanny, hashtag Stanny, hashtag Stanny. Stanny. Come on. Yeah. Stanny. Oh my God. I think if they did an episode where Stephanie K was the person who helped someone through their queerness, it oh my God. I think that would be iconic. I just can't get over how amazing of an episode that would be. I know. I do really want this episode. This the episode that happened was great, but it would have been I want this. All the way with Stephanie K. All the way with Stephanie K. All the gay with Stephanie K. <gasps> I love that. All the gay with Stephanie K. Okay. But when Annie does talk to Stephanie, listen to this. Uh, when Annie does talk to Stephanie in the dark room after school, they're both in the camera club, it says. Stephanie acts weird. It's as if she's afraid. The way she jerks back her hand when they accidentally touch. The way she can't wait to finish and get out of there. Annie is hurt and angry. Thanks a lot, Stephanie. Some friend you are. We would have gotten a scene in that dark room where Annie touched Stephanie's hand and Stephanie freaked out. I just think that's cinematic. The dark room scenes in general, my first note was that I loved the dark room scenes. So getting like a queer coded, like heavily, what? oh, that would have been so beautiful. That would have been like, so beautiful. And also- Little hands touch action in the dark room. Yeah. That's I do. I do think the dark room raises the stakes because like you're in a very vulnerable part of the school. Yeah. You know, you're in this dark room with no lights in it. There's no one around. No one's coming in to check on you because they can't open that door. Like I, I do think it raises the stakes a little bit in this context and maybe even adds a little bit more to that predatory mindset. Right. Even though it's not intentional. Oh, that's like, maybe. Yeah. Like um, Stephanie kind of feeling locked in with annie or like annie feeling like she's locking stephanie in or something and feeling that like predatory lesbian guilt because that is so real as a queer woman like feeling like you are like a creepy predator whatever for just like existing near another woman like and like having feelings and having that attraction that is so real that's very vulnerable that's like vulnerable but it's very real i had so many memories as a kid like if even just like changing around other girls and you're like oh my god i like actively trying way too hard to make it look like i'm not looking but it's like why would i like you know yeah it's there's yeah there's definitely that added like anxiety and fear when you recognize that you have that attraction of like i don't want Mm -hmm. anybody to perceive me as being that way a hundred percent especially in young people the only thing i will contest to this i cannot imagine stephanie k caring about cameras and photographer and like being committed to this i just can't that's the one part that i'm like i don't see that <laughs> no and in and do we know in this version of the show if stephanie is the same like if she's still the school president and all of that that's the thing is you don't learn too many details about uh the greater context yeah yeah we'll have to we'll have to keep reading them throughout the rest of the episode because we haven't gotten a chance to really look at all of the we like have all these documents and haven't even gotten a chance it's too much literally but i love that we're going through it me too we're here okay we're here annie decides that the only way to clear her name is to have nothing more to do with miss avery she snubs the teacher in the halls refuses to speak to her except when spoken to and then only in monosyllables she subs stephanie too who's trying to act as if nothing happened to the dark room annie isn't buying i kind of like that stephanie's trying to act like nothing happened in the dark room i feel like the opposite could be like she tried to come on to me she's a lesbian and said she's like hey like let's just like pretend it didn't happen say this didn't happen yeah but i can see why that would hurt your ego as a kid when you're not gay 
Arthur's multi-person skateboard nears completion, <laughs> and Yik's shipment of Super Balls arrives. The boys store the box in Yik's locker, take a sample each, and start going around giving demonstrations. Then we immediately transition back into the next plot. While handing back a paper, Miss Avery casually lays her hand on Annie's arm. Annie is terrified. She yanks her arm away. Miss Avery looks at her strangely, which is a mirror of the episode she did, or the moment she just had with Stephanie. Yeah. Interesting. At the end of the day, there's a crowd around Yick's locker, eager to buy. Yick and Arthur collect the money. The locker door is opened. The box falls and super balls everywhere. Bouncing this way, bouncing that way, breaking windows. Pandemonium. Yeah, I'm <laughs> glad that this didn't happen. Uh, but... No, there's one more about it. Uh, all of Yick's profits go to repairing the damages. Oh, so they didn't even get it in the end. Yeah, they, they just don't like pair well together. It gets cute, but I'm just like, why? Like, why? just... <laughs> I don't yeah I don't see the clear connection it'll be interesting to see if anyone at home draws a connection between why these two episodes like maybe there's some kind of subliminal theme we're not picking up on by just looking this maybe because yeah I'm just like bouncy balls I don't let get us it. know in the comments let us know. Let, us, let us know in the comments if you understand this plot because I don't also <laughs> what is a two per is a two-person skateboard just like wider great question I the sad thing is, is we'll never know is this a thing that exists I imagine I want to be in the room whenever like we have to come up with a toy that doesn't already currently exist that Arthur and Yick would develop together in the seventh grade. Two person skateboard. I looked up two person skateboard and there's just pictures of two people on a skateboard at the same time. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> so maybe it just maybe, didn't get invented. Maybe maybe we should invent it. Maybe we should go into business. Yeah. Degrassi Junior High's double skateboard. I would like that. I really don't understand what a double skateboard is, but I guess we'll never know. I just imagine two skateboards stacked on top of each other. I would, on top? Then you couldn't... I would, like, tape them together. Like, side by side. This is like that meme where it's like, how would a dog wear pants? Great question. Let's <laughs> talk about it. <laughs> yeah, let's okay. derail for, like, 20 minutes and talk about that. Okay. Okay, we'll continue with the outline. I don't know if we'll ever get the answers that we need from this. But after school, Miss Avery waits for Annie. The girl doesn't want to talk, but Miss Avery walks with her. When the truth comes out, Miss Avery tells Annie not to worry. She is what she is. Anyway, lots of girls have dreams like that. Dreams don't necessarily mean anything. The key is not to feel guilty. If someday it turns out Annie is gay, she mustn't hate herself, which is kind of like the same same idea, except it's more, I think in the Degrassi or the real version, it's kind of more placed on Miss Avery. Like, and what if I was? Would you treat me any different? Which is- yeah. Getting to the same lesson, but I think really still puts the onus on, like, is Miss Avery a, a lesbian is kind of the question of the episode more so than is Annie or Caitlin a lesbian. When Annie asks Miss Avery if she's gay, the teacher wants to know why Annie thinks she is. She pokes holes in all the facts, and she points out that, in any case, if she is or isn't, it's none of anyone's business, which I do think they keep in the episode. I do, and which, to me... Why not just say it's not it's not your business? I don't know why. Even in the episode, I'm like, why are you letting her like give her give the evidence and like giving like I wouldn't have engaged that much. I feel like I would have just been like, yeah, it's not your business to speculate, like set a boundary. But I do think that's Degrassi taking all the preconceived notions that real teenagers would have at the time of like trying to build a case as to why someone might be gay, kind of like a witch trial and then being like, yeah. that's stupid. Don't do that. Yeah, it's just yeah. She like walked through all of the evidence. I'm like, I would, I would have just been like, yeah, I wouldn't. That's either. not your business. <laughs> like, get out of here. Like, why are you watching me? <laughs> why are you stalking me? Why are you so obsessed with me? You're weirder for knowing that than <laughs> me doing that. <laughs> exactly. 
Miss Avery leaves. Annie is left without a lot to think about. But there isn't time for that right now as Arthur and a bunch of kids arrive on the new multi-person skateboard. <laughs> Arthur asks Annie to join them. Initially reluctant, Annie is persuaded to give it a try, screaming and laughing, boys and girls together, falling and starting over again, trying to make the skateboard work. The group rolls off down the street. I can't with that part. That part, I can't. It's I so can't. fucking, so random. There's no time for that right now as Arthur arrives with his new multi-person skateboard. <laughs> it just feels like, feels like maybe there was like a company that had like a, a product placement they were going to do and then they didn't end up making it because they're like, this is a stupid idea. <laughs> I would love if that were the case, if they like wrote it in. for the. That's my rumor. That's my rumor for this episode. <laughs> rumor has it. Rumor has it. <laughs> Okay, but long story short, we just read to you what was supposed to be the original episode of Rumor Has It, which was not about Caitlin. It was instead about Annie. The question that I would like to pose to the audience is this. In Linda Schuyler's book, we learned that Stephanie Kay was one of the people considered to do the pregnancy storyline. But Linda Schuyler didn't want to do that because she was too much of the obvious choice. She wanted to show that pregnancy could happen to anyone. Then Caitlin was another option. And Linda Schuyler said, no, like, I, I have this really deep connection with Stacy. I love the character of Caitlin. I don't want to put her through that. So then they chose to give the pregnancy storyline to Spike. I'm curious because this planning document does not have Caitlin as the the, the main protagonist of the storyline. I'm wondering if because Linda had such a personal connection to the subject matter and had such a personal connection to Caitlin and the actor who played her, Stacy, is that where some of the choice came in to have Caitlin go through this storyline with Miss Avery? That's maybe my fan theory that I have about piecing all these pieces together that I know, but it does seem like this episode meant a lot to Linda and it's clear in her book that the character of Caitlin meant a lot to her too. I definitely think that that's a great possibility because I do think to a degree, Miss Avery is meant to be kind of a Bruce Mackey stand-in in a way. Yeah. It's supposed to represent that struggle, even though she supposedly isn't gay. We'll get back to that later. Um, but in I my do heart think she is. in my heart she is too. But I do think it's possible that she wanted to choose Caitlin for that because she really like connected with Caitlin. Yeah, I agree. I, I I wish we knew what Bruce Mackey ever thought about this, but but I have to wonder in Linda's case, you know, you have this best friend, you're writing this story, you have this perfect character for them, and then you face this public scrutiny of of even after you've taken all of the innuendos out and boiled it down to just this like really innocent story of still having people be like, you can't put that on TV, you can't talk to kids about being gay, and have it and having it have this such a personal core to you, I can't imagine what that's like and i'm so thankful that she was then able to continue the storyline she wanted to tell in degrassi the next generation by the end of it gay kids are everywhere <laughs> yeah i love that she kept clearly fighting for that yeah. over the years like it was consistent that she wanted to represent queer storylines even with so much objection and yeah. so much like even till like season 12 of next of next generation or degrassi technically there were still people trying to like shut them down and ban yeah, them. Yeah, they were banned for their their that's a very interesting time too because they're getting boycotted for their trans characters and now Degrassi has reached the point that people like Tristan are showing up without having to come out or VJ are showing up without having to come out. There's just gay kids that are there now. So I, I really I always say this, but I really think Degrassi is just a time capsule of mm -hmm. the teen experience and in contrast to the media and what teenagers are actually like and what the media says this is what you have to be like. And I think Degrassi is the perfect show to really combat that and capture what that's really like i agree because i think yeah as like being gay became more mainstream and accepted and normal or whatever word you want to use 
like being trans is the kind of the new issue that needs to be tackled and represented in the same way. And they did that with Adam. They started to do that with Yael. Unfortunately, they didn't really get to see that episode, that storyline all the way through. And I just really think that trans kids today are missing out on having, because I know for a fact that Degrassi reboot or whatever else in the future would have an amazing, like if there wasn't a main character that was trans, I would be shocked i same i would be absolutely shocked if it were not like one of the main characters and this time they would have a real a real trans actor this time like i think i think if degrassi was always the leading conversation of queer conversations now and with with being trans or being non-binary i can only imagine that they would do fucking amazing now specifically if linda schuyler is on their crew because i I read an interview once where she said that she kind of feels like she's the protector of degrassi's values and i really think that is the key to making any future reboots is those values that she placed in the kids of degrassi street and now during this era they need to stay like that is what degrassi is she is the heart she's the heart of degrassi 100 percent what's crazy is i have even more fun behind the scenes facts for you that you might not. i know we yeah we haven't even really gotten into the episode discussion and we're just there's so much to talk about before the episode even this is why up. with this episode i'm like can i have this one because i have a lot of yes. fun facts to share you <laughs> uh one more before we even talk about the episode um uh, i also love talking more about the fun facts anyway so i'm probably not even gonna have as many exciting things to say about the episode itself we balance each other out very well i think Me i too. do a lot better on like the discussion and dissection and you're really good at the fun facts that's true. Thank you. I like that. The history compliment. and all of that. I won't say fun facts. History. There are fun facts, but this one is interesting. So I have, uh, if you're unfamiliar, Degrassi in kind of around the Degrassi High era released a show called Degrassi Talks. And this is where they put cameras and microphones into the hands of the Degrassi kids. They went all across Canada and interviewed kids about the real topics that they talk about in the show. Drugs, abuse, sexuality, uh, suicide even. They talk about everything. Each of the characters hosts an episode and Stacey Mystician because of this episode, rumor has it, she hosts the conversation around sexuality. And they released a book for this series as well. And I wanted to read you a portion of this book because it what's really interesting um, that you might not know is that in real life, Stacey Mystician, who plays Caitlin, her sister is a lesbian. Um, and her sister's name's Kim. And when you open up the book, I'll give you a picture if you want to post this online. But when you open up the book, it has a picture of her sister who looks just like her. And it has a quote from her saying, no one made me feel it was okay to be gay, especially in high school. And Evie, I'm wondering if I can tell you a little bit about what she says in this book. Yeah, I would love to hear it. Okay, perfect. What I find so interesting is the very first thing that Stacey asks her about is watching this episode of Degrassi. She says, Kim, will you tell me when you saw this episode of Degrassi Junior High that I did about homosexuality, how did it feel when you saw it? And this was her sister responding. She said, I have to admit it was really hard for me because what I saw you doing on TV was everything that I was feeling at the time. I mean, I had a crush on my high school teacher the same way that in the show you were reacting to this teacher who everyone's rumoring to be gay. I didn't quite know how to deal with it. Part of me wanted to deny that I was having these feelings, and the other part of me felt that I had to admit it. I didn't really say anything to anyone after I watched that. I sort of went up to my room and read a book. So how interesting to be sitting at home, watching your sister on TV do a gay episode, and you're struggling with your own sexuality and, and being in the closet at the time. Yeah, I can't imagine. Like, that's a very unique feeling. And that's so, I'm glad that that's, that was documented yeah through this series because i that's such an interesting story that i feel like would have been lost otherwise like there's no other context where that would ever really come up that we would 
be able to know that. Yeah. So I'm really glad that this Degrassi talk series exists and I can't wait to get into it fully once I've experienced the full scope of the show. It is sad. I will say you got to like, like I can't even sit down and watch it sometimes. But she does provide a lot more context in this too, that she was mostly struggling with her own sexuality and she wasn't out yet. But when she started to kind of feel like she might be queer she tried to prove to herself that she wasn't by sleeping with boys which is interesting and she specifically said that this episode was difficult for her because she felt like stacy had everything stacy was on tv so she was invited to more parties she had more friends people wanted to talk to her more anytime she was hanging out with her friends they would say is stacy coming so because stacy had this clout of being on degrassi she was she felt like stacy had more popularity and now she was watching the story at home of her sister having this kind of like queer experience or like or or even publicly having this conversation that she's finding so hard to deal with so it's definitely very interesting and I think truly reflects how teen issues do not change because then in 2011 I'm having those exact same issues where I'm I'm not sure yet if I'm gay and I'm struggling with it and then I start dating boys and it's it's so interesting how it's Degrassi's this time capsule yeah that sentiment of like nobody told me that it was was okay to be gay like that is definitely a sentiment that I feel like I've heard you say yeah I always say nobody told me it wasn't okay to be gay but nobody told me that it was that is quite literally my coming out story yeah so that's crazy that times may change and the context of things may change but those feelings really don't no exploring your sexuality and being confused even if you're straight I'm sure it's still the same of just like being confused of relationships and these things and Degrassi really makes it clear of like you know, you might not get all the answers from Degrassi about what you're going through, but what you're going through isn't, you're not alone in this. It's not unique. You, Everyone yeah. goes through this in some way. I'm curious what you think, but in my perspective from watching this episode, I don't necessarily, I think Caitlin is like straight, maybe by curious, but I don't think, I think the, like what she kind of learned in this episode is more the fear of that judgment of being different. Like that, yeah. the scene of her First of all, her like talking to her teddy bear and all that like made me almost cry. But the sentiment she said, like, I just don't want to be different. I don't want to be like seen that way. And I think that is more the fear than even her actually being queer. So that is, yeah, like straight people, straight people do, straight people have problems too. <laughs> <laughs> That's the lesson here. That's the lesson. That's the lesson straight here. people have problems too. I agree. I do think it's more so on the rumor aspect of it and judgment more so. Yeah than the the queerness which may be a detriment to queer people and not having a story that just says hey it's it's specifically okay to be gay it's more so it's specifically okay to be yourself is kind of the uh, issue of this i think if they hadn't had miss avery argue like basically not being gay and then have because i really did not like that button at the end where they were basically implying that mr radage and miss avery weren't were like dating or whatever or, or whatever i really felt like that took away from the impact I wish that they I understand that it was probably because of the times and everything but I feel like it took away from I agree like I feel like it I it would have been so much more powerful if it had at least been left ambiguous if Miss Avery were gay or not because I really feel like at the end they were like but she's not gay though like all this it's okay if she were gay but like She's probably not. Yeah, especially because that wasn't in the original outline of her leaving. In fact, what I think would be a better ending is if Miss Avery and Radish got on a two-person multi-scooter. Scoot it away. <laughs> That's the ending I want to see. Release the uncut That's... version. 
No, but I do think you're right. I do think I, I what I wish we also had was maybe those notes from the broadcasters of being like, okay, this is a great episode. You did what we wanted, but like you kind of gotta make her have a boyfriend. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it feels like a broadcaster note. It does. Yeah, because like when I guess it was Kathleen, I believe, who asked like if if she had a boyfriend, and she was like, oh, without like hundreds, but that's yeah. none of your business. How about just that's none of your business. <laughs> Like, that's none of your business i have to say i know there's a point where you talk about favorite quotes from this episode i have to tell you my favorite moment in this episode is when annie says what else is there to think about anyway and miss avery goes oh girls i oh my oh, god girls. clap 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 i love thank you yan more thank you yan more chef's kiss yan more i thought that was so funny and also subtle you might not miss, pick it up the first time you see it but it's i thought it was so 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 funny and of course She's not a lesbian. She's my friend. She's not a lesbian. She's my friend. <laughs> I'm going to start saying that about you more often. She's not a lesbian. She's my friend. <laughs> yeah, all of my favorite lines were to do with being gay. Like, what's wrong with being homosexual anyway? I And um, Susie saying, I don't know what's going on. And Caitlin saying, join the club. <laughs> that was so cute. I love them. I love their dynamics so, so much. I do, too. I Susie and Caitlin were very cute. And I know that they were in Kids of Degrassi Street together. The actresses were. They were best friends, correct? Yeah, they were total besties. Yeah. So from like... Uh, let me see. Casey and... <gasps> um, Casey and... Fuck. Blank makes the headlines. Do you remember? Casey and fuck. That's it. <laughs> Casey and fuck. Um, so it's Casey. Says an L. Lisa. 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 Casey and Lisa. Yeah, and they went way, 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 way back. Because it. So the kids at Grassy Street. Anytime someone talks about it, they primarily mean the last six episodes. Because that's like mostly as close to the Degrassi Junior Higher as you get. But they were like, oh, they were in the. They were in No Buys a Suit together. I was gonna say, weren't they? Didn't they? Hadn't they acted together for like five years or something? Yeah. Well. Lisa, when we first meet her in Noel Buys a Suit, and you and I didn't finish the episode together, but the episode ends at that wedding, and she's there. Susie's there. Sarah Charlesworth is so name in real life. And her little brother is going to be on this show soon, in real life. Her real-life little brother. A character? Yeah, Susie's... Susie's... In real... Okay, Susie is played by Sarah Charlesworth, and Christopher Charlesworth is going to be on this show soon. Oh, that's cute. I know. And he, is he, like, a... He's an actual character? He's a character. With the name? Yeah, his name's Scooter. <gasps> I've heard that name. Yeah. Sierra said that they liked Scooter. Yeah. I believe. Sierra, uh, if you visit Sierra Lucio 5 on Redbubble, you can also get What's Wrong With Being Homosexual Anyway stickers. What's wrong? I think, by the way, I think last episode when I was trying to quote that, I was like, what's wrong with being a homosexual? Or like what? I could not get the quote right. So I'm glad I finally <laughs> actually know. You got to get the sticker on your laptop so then you can just. I do have it. the sticker. I do oh, have no. the sticker on my laptop, but I can't see my laptop while I'm using oh, it. Oh, that's fair. So. That's fair. Get it tattooed um that's maybe not yet that's the only reason i remember the quote i'm in love with her i have to peek all the time i'm like oh oh okay let me ask you what line from this episode would you get tattooed do you have one? Oh, what's wrong with being a, les a homosexual anyway <laughs> what's wrong with being a lesbian anyway <laughs> i got it wrong too 100 percent. i do love she's a lot not a lesbian she's my friend that is iconic i do love be that. like a matching tattoo vibe yeah not a lesbian she's my friend i like i like the other stuff okay one sec my cat wants it brief okay. pause Break pause. So speaking of Sierra, they sent in a question, which I think is a great like point of discussion. How do you think this episode would have changed if Miss Avery were confirmed to be a lesbian at the end of the, this episode? If it were like unambiguous, like, yeah, I'm a lesbian. What about it? I, well, I know 
personally, as a queer person, I can imagine the audience like that are actually going through this would have it would have made such a huge difference to have actual queer representation on television and not so much amb- ambiguity. Um, in terms of the I don't show, think it would have aired. I don't think it would have aired. I don't think it would have at all. In terms <laughs> no. of the show, I I do like because in reality at this time, it was not okay to be gay and especially be someone who's working with kids like like i know that one of the concerns that bruce had was that people would think he's a freaking predator like that's one of the issues yeah. even though he loved his community so much did so much didn't matter yeah. Yeah. it would be completely erased the minute someone found out this about him no matter who he was as a real person so i do think that it would maybe ultimately end to miss avery being fired like i think parents would probably become upset and get involved and you know mr radich i think would have an attitude of like this sucks but those are just the rules like sorry you have to get out so similar not too much not to spoil too much but similar to kind of the feedback maybe spike gets about being pregnant in high school i think maybe that would be a similar arch that miss avery goes through of ultimately being removed from school interesting i do think someone like kathleen kind of and especially in this early seasons kind of has the vibes of someone who may have even may even go to the extent of ratting out miss avery or maybe even make allegations against miss avery in this episode yeah she yeah and I do, I will say, I did not like Kathleen in this episode, but I did like that they used a main character for yes. that rather than having it just be like some no name, like, oh yeah, that girl's wrong. Like that girl's like, it's one of the main characters. And I really appreciate that. Even though I'm like, Kathleen, come on. Like, you first need- of all, mind your business. <laughs> Second of all, like. <laughs> your whole lesson from this is just leave, leave gay people alone. <laughs> Literally, like just leave them alone. Like. I definitely not... agree. I think Degrassi's best moments happen when they happen between main characters, 100%. Yeah, I think it would have lost a lot of impact if it was just, if it even if it were like, because I know Annie isn't like relevant later and I know that Kathleen is, like if it were Annie that were doing all this and I knew that she doesn't really come back or become relevant, then I would be like, oh, that doesn't really hit as much. But I know, I don't know what happens with Kathleen, but I know like I've seen pictures of her like way later in the series. So I know that she is, somebody that doesn't just go away so i appreciate that they didn't just have the character who is kind of inciting all this bullshit like away i agree so let me ask you how do you think this episode would change if miss avery was for sure a lesbian yeah i do think like i said it would not have aired first of all do you think it may be different if it was confirmed that a student was gay uh, like as in like Caitlin or Annie, for example. Yeah, Caitlin. If she had kind of come to terms with. Yeah. What do you think if this episode ended with her being like, I think I'm okay. I think I'm gay. I think I'm okay. I think I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, I definitely think that I don't think that that would have happened back then, but it would have been. I think it would have incited a riot. <laughs> I really do. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that if the slightest implication, not even. The mention of, like, somebody possibly being gay got it banned. I unfortunately can't see it, like, happening. Yeah. Because I don't want to know, but I'm trying to think. I guess Snake's brother is the only, don't tell me, but the only, like, out queer character within that era of the show. Yeah. So, yeah. So this is just way, way too early. for I agree. I find it hard to even, like, imagine because, like, I think Caitlin going through school, it would truly be like the only thing we can learn about her because life would be so difficult for her and being out because it was difficult to be out. I I didn't come out of the closet until 2011. 
in regards to Miss Avery being um, like, it's not even accepted these days for a teacher to talk about their sexuality and talk about like even just like a male teacher talking about having a husband can get like cause such controversy in 2023 exactly so miss avery would have been like targeted unfortunately and yeah i don't think a gay student would have happened i agree sarah also had a very interesting question which was how would this episode change if it were a boy student for example what if snake crushed on mr radich um give me that episode i want it (laughs) i know yeah we talked about that we talked about this a little bit earlier in regards to like the representation of male relationships kind of being seen as predatory or more sexualized so i think radage would have like gone to jail like it would have been like 100 it wouldn't have been as innocent and as soft as with and i'm glad they did i'm glad they didn't do that and i okay I'm not saying, okay, let me just say what I feel. Okay. If Degrassi had have made an episode of TV where Snake had a thirst trap dream about Mr. Radich while the entire room calls him gay, I need to see that. <laughs> I need to see that. I don't think Degrassi should have done that. But like, if you told me that, that can you imagine <laughs> a thirst trap Mr. Radich while everyone is just screaming gay at Snake? please 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 give me the au give me the uh, fan fiction i will i'll write i'll write that fanfic (laughs) that would be crazy i also love um the nickname that we've started in like discord voice chats i forget who came up with it but they called him daditch oh i was not there for that yeah Sierra put that in their voice message that they sent me asking questions and they were like Dad-itch. you don't have to they were like I kind of regret calling him Daditch, but like you can include it if you want oh so, my god I-, I don't remember who to credit for that but it wasn't me in my like I have to like clarify like in reality and in logic and stuff no but in like Mimi hilarious head brain yes what of him being Daditch? of him being Daditch, of him having a Daditch like sex dream with snake not a sex dream but like a sexy dream i should say a fantasy like a dream like jt had about liberty liberty i want to say daddich i like that um but yeah i do think it kind of echoes the sentiment that it would kind of seem predatory and it would be a lot more sexually overt i think than the subtle tones not that it should be i just think that's how media is no that's how that that is literally how media represents male on male relationships a lot of the time yeah I totally even if you can i mean literally think about like the movie carol in comparison to like call me by your name like they're completely different i've seen what? neither <laughs> you've seen neither okay well i've seen degrassi um, <laughs> okay so mr yates and tristan versus miss l and um sav yeah that makes sense to me like Miss O and Sav have like a cute little relation or a cute little moment with like twinkly lights and like slow dancing. And Mr. Yates invites Tristan over to his apartment to drink and like do stuff. Yeah. It's like very clearly assault. Like I think even a teenager could watching it could be like, this is assault and this is bad. I, yeah, Miss O and Sav, like I really feel like they left us on like, oh, if the situations were different, they could have been together, but people just don't understand. Yeah. Even with like, giving pretty little liars um, it's giving pretty little liars <laughs> um but with like Paige and mr oleander 
The lesson is don't idolize older men because they're probably deadbeats. That's the lesson. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like he's wrong for pursuing a teenager. No. Like, at it, all. not at all. Not at all. Even with Paige and Mr. O, it's very much framed as Paige going after Mr. O. They're the pursuers. Versus, like, there's a scene of Tristan. Tristan's very much a victim. Like, he... he is like talking about how his parents are getting a divorce and like nobody's taking him to his dentist appointment and all this kind of stuff. And Mr. Yates like overhears it and like he's just very much a vulnerable like victim in this situation. Yeah. And that's not how most of the like straight relationships are straight age gap, like teacher student relationships are portrayed. They're very much portrayed as like romantic. I completely agree. And I, and I would feel better about it if they just had a very clear example of, hey, like, I understand that maybe Degrassi learned that they were doing this with student-teacher relationships, but, like, why does it... The same way I feel with Adam dying in a fucking Texan driving accident. Why does it have to be the queer kid that you tell this lesson through? Like... Yeah, straight- why does a queer kid have to get the the real... Yeah. Like, every other person gets, like, a romanticized situation, and then... Yeah. The queer character is the one that gets reality. Even... I was gonna say, even with, like, Zoe, like, getting... A, like, it's the queer characters get punished so much. I agree. I totally agree. Is there anything else you want to talk about for this episode? I really feel like we talked about it. I did think it was funny, and I'm curious if you also did this. So in the hallway, when Miss Mr. Radage and Miss Avery were talking, I believe it's Annie. It's like, wouldn't it be so romantic if they were having an affair? <laughs> was I the only one? Was I the only one who also shipped my teachers like that? Like I 100 was like having. I was like had this whole world in my head where I was like, those teachers are definitely like. Was I the only one that did that? Uh, no, rumors flew all the time. I specifically remember my gym teacher was rumored to be dating this like TA. And then I remember one time she came to school in a like basically a crop top. And you were not allowed to wear crop tops to school. But we had like a class with him specifically that day. And the rumor was that she wore this to get his attention. Like we were fully in their business. We were in their business. And then whenever we would see them like talking to each other, we'd be like, oh, that's evidence. That's evidence. I fully remember. You Yeah, you remember this like 15 years down the line. She didn't wear a crop top. She wore like a shirt that like when she like stood up, it raised up. But like to us, we were like. Oh my God, she's in her underwear. Yeah, Yeah. she's like. (laughs) So that was very. As soon as that line happened, I was like, that I was reminded of that whole like aspect of being a middle schooler slash high schooler of just like, hundred percent. Oh, those teachers are fucking. Oh, hundred percent. Even just like if they look at each other, you'd be like, yep. Yeah, you like see them talk in the hallway, and you're like, that's it. I see y'all. I see y'all. Though, in like any other context, teachers are not human beings. Like, to me, they live at the school. I remember one time I ran into my teacher, uh, my fourth grade teacher, at the grocery store, and he's buying toilet paper. And I was, like, thrown for I'm like, you're a fucking human being. You need essentials. Doesn't the school supply toilet yeah. paper? Like- I know it's only one ply, but, like, suck it up. <laughs> yeah, teenagers love drama and gossip. That that same gym teacher that uh, we thought was in this relationship with this TA um, was the one who showed me the Degrassi for the first time. So I'll never forget him. What was his name? I know it, but I don't want to say it. <laughs> okay, fair. <laughs> okay, let's see. Maybe he's a fan. I'm looking. Yeah, maybe he's listening. Hall. I because of were him. You your TA. Yeah, will you let us know, please? I really think they were. <laughs> like I like, the evidence was like kind of irrefutable. Uh, <laughs> but I will say he briefly made me want to be a health teacher because I was like, you just get to fucking show Degrassi episodes all day and talk to them. Like I want to do that. <laughs> but I also the human body scares the shit out of me. Like the the pregnancy. Uh, 
like thing alone yeah. about a human yeah. being growing inside of you freaks the shit out of me. So I couldn't imagine having to talk to no, kids about it. To... What's an embryo? No. I'd be like, Ugh. with your health and PE, was was the teacher who taught you health the same teacher that taught you PE? Yeah. Like you just like switched between uh, the gym and then the classroom. Yeah. Okay, I was curious. Was that for if you? It was the same. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Audience. Wayne how was your gym and health slash class? pole <laughs> slash pole were you, I was, was your in, health teacher the same i was in ib gym and we had to like write papers about what Sports? about like athleticism and nutrients and like oh my god it was brutal Did you guys also like exercise or yes but we also exercised our mind but yeah we did also exercise um tennis was my favorite tennis and basketball Least favorite, the beep test and dodgeball. The beef test? The beep test. Oh, I thought you said the beef test. The fitness grand pacer test? Yes. I was going to say... I think we're getting way off rails now. <laughs> I am. I'm looking through my notes, though. I did... I do want to say that I did enjoy the way that they tied in. I think I kind of already said this. The theme of Yick and Arthur, like, believing the rumors. All the rumors are true. Rick. Yeah. All the rumors are true. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. I definitely think this is a way better subplot than what they had planned originally, especially because that subplot could have gone anywhere. It felt also more like a C plot, maybe that you could just kind of shrink yeah. in there. I, I do think that this episode had a stark lack of two person skateboards. I agree. I give it a zero star. Only for that aspect. <laughs> Everything else, I would say like a nine out of 10. I do love this episode and the fact that it comes with so much lore makes my Degrassi kid brain feel so yeah. good when you were like hey can you do this episode with me I was like yeah but we're gonna talk about this and this and this and this and this and this I'm oh. this is exactly what I wanted um yeah. get me back for I, it's late. I can do that would you like to officially claim it's late I would like to claim it's late Katniss would like to officially claim did she just meow a little bit she's sharing her opinion Katniss, what do you think of this episode? My mom's a lesbian. Meow's being, meow's being, meow's being, meow's being, meow's being. Well, Evie, I had a great time talking about Degrassi with you, and I can't wait to come back. I can't wait to have you back. Is there anything that you wanted to promote? My thing to promote is the Degrassi Kid Discord, discord.gg slash Degrassi Kid, where we hang out and talk about Degrassi like this all the freaking time. We do. And we have a lot of really fun events. We've been watching Glee a lot recently. We have um, been. It's my first time watching it. It is. And next we're going to be starting our Degrassi Kid podcast. So look out for that. Degrassi Kid. I have a lot of opinions that I hear aren't the standard opinion. So it might be controversial. Did you did you want to share which characters you identify or which characters you think you are? I feel like I am 50% Rachel Berry and 50% Jacob Ben Israel. I just feel it in my heart. They're both superstars. And so am I. I. I also didn't like Blaine the first time that we got Blaine. And is there any other controversial story? Oh, I also didn't know that Santana and Britney broke up in the song oh Mine by Taylor Swift because I'd always watched it on this YouTube. Is trauma. It is. I always, the only thing that I knew about Glee was like gifts on Tumblr. And I would see some of the lesbian scenes on YouTube. And one of the scenes that I would see is Santana singing Britney, Mine by Taylor Swift. So I thought it was like a love song. I thought she was being like, 
I'm so sorry. I wasn't good to you. I want to be with you for the rest of my life. You're the most important thing that ever happened to me. And then I, so I, when I went into Glee, I was actively waiting for that song. I was like, I can't wait for this because this is the one thing I know and the one thing I love. And then we build up four seasons later. I find out it's a breakup song. and It's the end of the relationship. I was depressed after that. I was so mad after that. It was a beautiful thing to witness you reacting to and i yeah i just that is if any if any way that i can promote the degrassi kid discord it is getting to see reactions like that (laughs) because you were dumbfounded you were i was oh i was so so sad and then the next thing i'm excited for is i'm waiting for the school shooting episode of glee i know that there's a school shooting episode and um I'm, i'm i'm just kind of excited i know glee is nothing like degrassi and i I can't imagine it being that serious of an episode but i am just kind of curious in terms of teen media portraying that what it looks like with glee you know because that's the thing is i only ever watched degrassi so i don't have this other context yeah so i'm glad that we're introducing you to some more teen dramas so if you want to help degrassi kid (laughs) widen their scope of media past only degrassi um come come join the degrassi kid discord because we talk about all sorts of stuff. We're forcing, we've been very much forcing them to open their scope. We've been watching musicals. We've been about to watch my so-called life, which is a great show. I have seen that one. I'm excited for that one. Yeah. Dave is hosting that one, right? Shout, shout out, out to Dave. Dave. Oh, we just did that at the same time. We must love Dave. Yeah. Shout out to Dave and shout out to everyone who has supported Degrassi Schools in. I am so happy with the way that things have been going and I'm so excited to continue making episodes in the new year. Um, I... I'm on I'm about to be on episode seven, which is insane to me. I'm so grateful to everyone who has supported me on this journey so far, especially you, Jocelyn. I could not have done this without you. Um, and there are so many people that are listening that I couldn't have done this without. So and we are all so, so, so proud of you because you're doing so, so well. and You're doing amazing and you're thank connecting you. us all in a new, interesting way. And we love you for it. So thank you. I, yeah, I'm really glad that I can share my experience with uh, watching Degrassi Junior High for the first time. It's been really fun. And I think we're slowly speeding up the recording process. This one, I only recorded my, or I've released my last episode a couple days ago, and now we're recording. You're crushing so. it. And what's your next episode? My next episode is Best Laid Plans. And right? what do you know about it going into it? I know it is about sex, I think. Oh, um, yeah. I what I Honestly, what I do know about it, I know... <laughs> the only thing I know about it is that Joey goes to the store to buy condoms and Pat Beaven is there. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Stephanie Kay's mom. Um, my like one of my favorite people on Instagram. <laughs> so sorry, you said, let me clarify. Joey is going to buy condoms and Stephanie K from Stephanie Kay's mom. That's what you know. Oh, wait, no. Um Joey and Wheels are going to the store. And who are they for? To have Stephanie? Yeah, but like who which boy is gonna have sex with stephanie wheels okay interesting okay i would have said joey but since you just clarified that i thought about it more no like, i honestly did think it was joey well, i hadn't thought about it that deep until you said with who and then i remembered that i read that joey and wheels were there so now i'm like wheels not joey because remember joey was originally supposed to have a pregnancy storyline with stephanie yeah but now it's wheels it's gonna i think it's gonna be like um I think it's going to be like the Jimmy and Ashley plotline where they oh. are not ready for sex, but they're both getting ahead of themselves. I have to say the fact that Ashley order Amazon fucking orders condoms to her house in 2001 always blows my mind. I'm always like, what? You could do that back then? 
but anyway I don't feel like you could have that was like same day delivery that's that's the kind of cameo i would want to have is the condom delivery driver anyway i think we're done now <laughs> i think we are done now we we floundered a little bit near the end but we were so we were so on topic for a little bit there we, we crushed it killed it this is a good episode okay, we did can't wait to hear all it right one. let's say goodbye to the panthers <gasps> this is my favorite part yeah goodbye panthers bye panthers and then the music starts playing. I don't know if that's what it sounds like.